And good evening, everyone. And welcome to our continuing series, Elders, Deacons, Preachers, and Saints. We've spent the last six weeks talking about elders, and elders' wives, of course, and the work of an elder and so forth. Today we, ch- we turn our attention to deacons. This is going to be a two-part lesson. Tonight we will do part one as we look at the role and work of deacons. Let us pray. Our blessed, our loving Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful for our congregation and the leadership that we have in, in the term of our elders, Father. We're thankful for the servants we have in, in the form of our deacons, Father. We're thankful for the preacher that we have that brings us the word truthfully and boldly. And we're thankful for all who here who are saints as well. As we all strive together to work together, Father, through, through all of our trials and tribulations to worship you, to serve you, and honor you. But also, Father, encourage one another and build one another up. Heavenly Father, as we continue in this series tonight, Father, may we approach it with an open heart and a will in mind, Father, so that we can encourage those who are serving as deacons, Father, but also encourage those who are not but are qualified to step up to the plate, Father, to serve. Father, thank you for loving us and blessing us. These things we pray and thank you for in Christ Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. In this two-part lesson, we will discuss the biblical profile of the man who is qualified to serve as a deacon. But we will also, as we look here, we will look at the nature of his work as well as the limits of his authority. So far, we've talked about elders, we've talked about their wives, we've talked about the great responsibility that the elders have um, in their respective roles. We've learned that elders protect against false teaching. We've learned that elders promote good teaching, that elders promote good works. But also elders provide a faithful example as as a mature leader, as a mature Christian leader to the congregation. As we talked about the elder's wife, we found that the elder's wife supports her husband with a, a servant behavior. I should say a servant heart behavior. She should go about the business of giving instruction to the younger women concerning their conduct good home management and service to the church and community. And I say this right here, not just because we're here at Anchorage Church of Christ, but I say it because to any congregation that have elders serving. Blessed is the congregation that have elders that are endeavoring to lead in the way that God will have them to lead. And I say this to our congregation in particularly. Hopefully those who do not or rather those who do have elders that work in this capacity, will not make the job unpleasant for them, but support and encourage them with obedience and prayer. So we turn our attention to deacons. 25% of the English language is from the Greek language in which the New Testament was originally written. And when transla- and when it was translated into English, some of the Greek words 
were not translated, but merely angelicized or transliterated. The word deacon is one of those words. The original Greek, or in the original Greek, the word was diakono, a diakonos. And it was transliterated into the English word that we use today, deacon. The word meant servant. In the Greek world, there were many slaves. And so there were many words used to describe the different slaves or the different class of people. For example, when we look at Matt, uh, Luke chapter 1 at verse 48, we'll go there in a moment, we see the term that's used, Luke chapter 1 verse 48, we see a term that's used, and that term is bond slaves. They were slaves, uh, bond slaves rather were considered as property. Okay, they were the lowest class of slaves, and that's what we have mentioned here in Luke 1 and verse 48. The Bible there says, For he has had regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, for this time on all generations will count me blessed. Another term that was used uh, back then was boy slaves, and the boy slaves were like were like family. This, if you go to Luke chapter 7, verse 2, the, the uh, centurion whose slave was sick and sent for Christ Jesus to heal him, he used the term boy slave uh, when he was talking because they were domestics. When we look at Luke chapter 2, I mean Luke chapter 7 at verse 2, the Bible reads, Luke 7 verse 2, Now a centurion had a servant who was sick. And at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him. For he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And Luke chapter 16 and verse 13, the Bible reads, No servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve God and wealth another term that was used was subordinate or subordinate official we go into Mark chapter 14 and verse 65 Mark chapter 14 and verse 65 a subordinate official served kings and they served high officials. When this term was used, we see it in Mark 14. The Bible reads, Some began to spit at him and to blindfold him and to beat him with their fists and to say to him, Prophesy. 
and the officers, our subordinate officials, received him with slaps in the face. The word deacon, however, did not refer to a bond slave, did not refer to a boy slave, did not refer to a subordinate official. The word described a servant who was a waiter, an attendant, or courier. For example, when we look at Luke, uh, go over to Luke 10, verse 40. Luke 10 at verse 40. Luke 10 at verse 40, the Bible reads, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, that is Christ Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So we have here Martha complaining that she had to serve all the guests alone. In other words, she had to wait her alone. And this passage here uses the word diakonos. In Acts 6, when they chose men to serve the food to the widows, the word for the work of serving food was diakonos, to waiter the food. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 4, the word is used there, it means a courier in a sense. The authority of government is the messenger or courier of God, diakonos of God. At Romans chapter 13 and verse 4, the Bible reads, as Romans 13 and verse 4, For it is a minister of God to you for good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid. For it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. In Romans chapter 16 at verse 1, we read about Phoebe. Uh, the text says, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is at Sincrea. So when we talk about her in this text, she is referred to as, as, as diakonos because she brings a message. The word used is courier uh, here in, 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 in the sense as well. So then, the Holy Spirit selects this particular word that describes a servant who serves as a personal attendant, who serves as a messenger, and uses it in a Christian context of ministry within the church. The point is that before Christianity, the word simply referred to a particular type of servant who had particular duties that involved serving food and running errands. The New Testament writers, however, uh, began using this word to refer to a particular person in the church who did a particular work, if you will. Since the word referred to a servant and his relationship to a task, it was well suited then to describe, if you will, the role we know and refer to as deacon. Acts chapter 6. 
Now, there are only three places in the New Testament where deacons are referred to. And what we know about their qualifications, their work, we are drawing from those three places. So let's look at uh, Acts chapter 6 at verse 1. The Bible reads, Now at that time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the, the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, It is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmeus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. And these were brought before the apostles, and after praying, they laid their hands on them. Here, the term deacon is not used. The word is never spoken. But the verb, when we look at it, describing their work and where, and then we see where this word, uh, where this name would come from and how it is used here. When we look back at that time in the first century when this took place, at that particular time the church was growing quickly. And along with it, responsibility for benevolence. And some felt that, rather, felt that they were being neglected in the distribution of the food for the widows. And thus a complaint arose uh, that threatened the unity of the church. So the apostles, as we read here in Acts 6, settled the matter by calling for uh, diakonos, serving or waiting. A task that was not part of their calling. Their job was to teach. Their job was to pray. Their job was not to distribute food. So in order to meet this need, the apostles established a role and qualification for those who would serve in this way. So what we see here is they established a limited number. Now, one thing I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know why this particular number was used, that number seven, but I do know that seven has a significant, uh, seven is a significant number in Jewish numerology, numerology. It could also be that this many men was required for the task that was before them. They were selected by the congregation from the congregation. Unlike elders who are selected by an evangelist or other leaders, they were to be men, not women. Peter specifies males, yet when we look in the Bible, we find that there were women who qualified as far as being full of the spirit and full of wisdom, but they were not qualified to serve as deacons. They were to have charge or be appointed over a task. So then, what we have is this. Before this period, 
the apostles carried out this task, but, but they could no longer do so. So after the deacons were selected, they gave charge for this work to them. Now I'm going to share something with you here. There's a mistake that gets made sometimes in the church when it comes to elders. It has happened in the past. It could happen in the present. It could happen in the future. It has happened here as well. The mistake we make in the church today and in the past is that we give the work to the deacons, but not charge over the work. The mistake that we have made in the past, and it could happen in the, future, in the present as well, is that we are not giving guidelines. Uh, we are not establishing guidelines for the work of the deacon. We're just basically putting the deacons in the, in the, in the position and, and, and not doing anything else. Now, with that said, that's one of the reasons we, we have that monthly elders deacons meeting so that we can communicate more. Because one of the biggest complaints we got as an eldership from our deacons was that you guys are not communicating. You guys are not talking. <laughs> you keep, it's like you're keeping little secrets in there. So we have these meetings so that we can talk and communicate. We can establish guidelines. So yes, we elders have made this mistake. And yes, deacons have made mistakes by not doing the work as well. So we're not here pointing fingers one way or another. We're just acknowledging that we all make mistakes. Sometimes the elders don't give the guidelines that they should give, and sometimes deacons don't follow the guidelines that they're given. So what we want to do is work together to make sure that we're giving the guidelines and we're helping the deacons as much as we can go about the business of performing the service that they have been tasked to do. Next is this. The task was singular. When, then, when these men were chosen for this task, okay, what they were not is this. They were not apostles' assistants at large. If that's the case, it would have been 12 deacons, not seven of them. Deacons were the servants of the church and assisted the church, not the apostles. This is why they were chosen by the brethren from among the brethren. That is why we choose them today from the, by the brethren from among the brethren. They had specific qualifications. Now, when you see that term, good reputation, I think we know what that means already. They were full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, all Christians have the Holy Spirit. Make no mistake about that. But some demonstrate more fruit of the Spirit as they are growing in Christ. They were full of wisdom. As deacons, they also needed particular wisdom or understanding in practical ways in the Old Testament uh, in the practical ways, I should say. Now, in the Old Testament, God filled men with wisdom as artisans, as painters, as builders, etc., to build a temple. But in the, New, in the New Testament, he gives men gifts and wisdom to carry out the work of, Christ, of the church in various areas, such as building, administration, service, giving, etc., etc. Deacons. I skip one. There we go. They were people who take charge, which is to say this. If you're given charge, you have to be one who can take charge and get things done. You, you go back to Acts 6. Once those deacons were selected and they were put in charge of that food distribution, there were no further complaints about the distribution of food. The problem was taken care of, and that's what we want. 
Now, they can be different kinds of men. The list of deacons includes Stephen, who was a Jew, and Nicholas, who was a Gentile, converted to Judaism, who became a Jew. They were ordained or commended. Now, people will say this sometimes. People will say, everyone is a deacon, everybody is a deacon. Or they would ask this question right here. What makes it special service? Or what makes a deacon a special role? The fact that one is chosen by one's peers based on specific qualifications and then approved by the eldership or the leadership of what makes a role of service separate and apart. Deacons are special. Deacons are special and, and, and they have a separate role from the elders. They have a separate role from the preacher. They have a separate role from the saints by virtue of their qualifications, selection, and commendation. The second passage we see at Philippians 1 at verse 1. The second passage that mentions deacons and the first that actually refers to them as such as in Philippians 1 at verse 1. Check out how this reads. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Here, Paul greets the entire church as a whole when he says saints. And then he gives a special word to those who have a special role of responsibility and service within that body of saints. He specifically mentions the overseers or elders, and he specifically mentions the deacons. There are not many references to deacons in the New Testament. But in the first two that we've talked about, that we've looked at so far, we can conclude several things about them. Number one, they are men who are spiritually mature and use their particular talents in special service to the church. The ministry or service of the word is that of elders, it is that of preachers. However, however, the work of deacons permits elders and preachers to concentrate on their ministry and I'll speak for Jaylee and I'll speak for Tony in this regard we're very appreciative of the deacons that we have because they do take a lot off of our plates that allow us to do what we need to be doing because they are performing the service that they need to be doing now this does not mean that that deacons cannot teach it does not mean they cannot preach for example Stephen he was a deacon He was very eloquent. But they are chosen as deacons for the other services that they render. Number two, they are selected by the congregation from the congregation for service to the congregation. Say that again. Deacons are selected by the congregation from the congregation for the service of the congregation. And they are commended or ordained by the leaders, by the elders. Number three, their leadership or authority 
is connected to accomplishing the tasks that they are assigned to. They have charge over their ministry once it is defined by the elders, and we appreciate that. There are no deacons without specific tasks. Keep that in mind. Since the word and context describing their role refer to one who does a specific job, it's fair to say when there is no job, there is no deacon. And I think most deacons feel that way. Why am I serving as a deacon if I don't have anything to do? I remember once when I first was serving as a deacon and I was switched over to something else. But when I was switched over, they forgot to mention what I was switched over to. (laughs) And so they informed me that this person is doing this. So I said, okay, what am I doing? Oh, we hadn't thought about that. Well, I'll come back to serving as a deacon when you find out what you want me to do. Because I was selected to be a deacon. I was appointed to be a deacon with the job. You're telling me I don't have a job. It's time for me to step down until you have a job for me. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Which which is to say this. A deacon can be given charge over a small task or a large task. They can be given charge over a small task and still be a deacon. What's a small task? Uh, let's say counting a collection or, or cleaning a specific area like the baptistry or something like that. So what determines... If a man can serve in this office, then are his qualifications and the fact that he has a job to do. It is acceptable to have many deacons then so long as they qualify and so long as they are assigned a task to perform. When it comes to deacons, we have to remember this. They have no authority as individuals or as a group within the church. That job is required by someone else. They are not a committee. They are not a lobby group. They are servants with specific tasks to perform. And we do not hear them speak, actually, in the New Testament when matters are discussed. I want to take you to Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, to give you an example. Acts 15, verses 1 through 7. Acts 15, verses 1 through 7, the Bible reads, But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, Unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them, Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders about this question. So, being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider the matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days 
you know that in the early days God made a choice among you and that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. So this is where we want to stop tonight with part one of our lesson on the role and work of deacons. Next week we want to venture into part two. And we will finish up with that next week. And uh, we'll finish up with that next week. So then, for those who are joining us online, we have our contact information should you want to contact us. For those who are here and online, shortly we're going to be having a uh, devotional. So please plan to join us. We have an opportunity to fellowship. Thank you.